Welcome to the Dildork's Dorky Discourse on Sex, Dating, and Masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and I haven't used a vibrator for almost two weeks. And this week, I'm joined by, instead of my usual co-host, a guest co-host. This is MB, my spouse. Hello. I have returned. Hello. (laughs) I'm glad to be back. Billy's not here. Yeah, Billy's taking the week off, and it just so happens that we have something interesting to talk about between the two of us this week. Um, why am I on a vibrator detox currently? <laughs> Good question. I think this idea really first came up over the holiday break. Uh, we usually do a scene on New Year's Day uh, where... I spank you a bunch of times and get you to say a bunch of things that you did well, that you accomplished over the year, and also a bunch of things that you want to accomplish in the next year. And Vibrator Detox, that that notion came up there, uh, and it's come up on the podcast and your goals. So then it was about figuring out the timing for it, because as your dominant, I like to give you monthly tasks that are a little bit larger and meatier than some of the things that I might assign you uh, day to day, right? And um, I thought, since I was heading up here to Toronto uh, in February for Valentine's Day, I thought February 1st through February 14th would be a fitting uh, vibrator detox schedule for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're recording this on February 13th, so middle of the day. I haven't used vibrators in, I guess, about 12 and a half days. Yeah. And just for some context, uh, if you don't know, I review vibrators professionally, among other things. Um, yeah, I'm not trying. Are... I'm not trying to take away your ability to <laughs> do your job. That's 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 for sure. Yeah, that was a caveat of the detox. Was I would be allowed to ask permission to use vibes if I needed to for work, but I actually didn't end up having to do that. I didn't have any immediate deadlines that required that and you have years of experience using vibrators so a lot of the ones that you're writing about or you're asking folks about you've had many sessions with already yeah and i want to give some context on why i wanted to take time off vibrators um i got my first vibrator when i was 16 which is 15 years ago and uh, i was gonna say i've never looked back that's not really true Happy anniversary. thank you um <laughs> i've i've looked back many times in the sense of I don't always use vibrators when I jerk off or when I get off, but they're definitely a very frequent part of my sex life, both solo and partnered. What and, percentage would you say? Um, I would say partnered probably like 90 to 95% of the time. And yeah. then solo, I would say maybe 70% of the time I use okay. a vibrator. A healthy, a healthy percentage. Yeah, I mean, what is what is healthy, really? But um, and I I do want to reiterate, like I think I mentioned this on the last episode where I talked about this, but I am using the phrase vibratory detox, but that's just kind of a shorthand for what I'm talking about. I'm definitely not trying to suggest that vibrators are toxic or that uh, taking time off of them actually like detoxes your body in any real way. It's just that's just the phrase that I kind of landed on when I was journaling about it and whatnot it's just a little more it's just a little more um evocative than vibrator break right right yeah because one of the big reasons that i wanted to do this was because i've been working on this project about the magic wand i think it's going to be announced soonish i don't know watch this space but one of the things that's been coming up a lot in 
doing interviews for that project is the idea of vibrator dependence or vibrator habituation. And this is something that actually a lot of people have very strong feelings about. Like I've talked to a lot of people in sex toy retail who are very adamant, like you cannot become addicted to or habituated to a vibrator in the way that's often talked about. And basically, if you if you stop for a short period of time, all of your original sensitivity will come back. And then there are other people who think, no, you can absolutely get habituated to a certain sensation to the point where it might feel difficult or impossible to get off in a different way. Uh, most people seem to be in agreement that no matter where you land on that, you can probably still retrain yourself over time if you wanted to learn to get off in a different way, which I think, based on what I know, seems accurate. Like, the human brain is very adaptive, and, you know, we rewire things all the time just going through our lives. Totally. It's sort of the, the discourse around it sort of follows a similar trajectory of death grip syndrome, right? Mm. Where people talk about, oh, I was like jerking off, gripping my dick too hard, and then now I can't come any other way. And then the, the typical advice from sex therapists and experts is, okay, you know, give yourself two weeks, give yourself a month of only using lighter sensations, trying to come come in different ways. And that usually works for folks. doesn't always, but it usually, usually you can retrain yourself that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think that really one of my main motivations for wanting to do this challenge is that I really like coming from oral, and it's not something that's been very frequent in my sex life, I would say, in the last, like, five to ten years. Uh, it's It used to be, like, the most common way that I would get off when I was younger, and since then, I've just, I think my sensitivity level has been lowered. I think my orgasm threshold is a bit higher than it once was. And so it's just not as achievable as it used to be. And like oral still feels amazing, still one of my favorite things. But I wanted to see if taking a break from vibrators would make it easier for me to come that way, as well as things like being clitorally fingered, like either by myself or by a partner. Um, and I also just was curious how it would affect my sexual functioning in general. When I embarked on this journey, I made a list uh, in my journal of research questions that I was kind of interested in exploring and and seeing what would happen. And I want to go through some of these questions and, and talk about my findings. Yeah, that was also part of the task was to maintain a journal for the entire time. And and I'm glad that you did this initial opening entry where you've outlined what you want to learn because it's really helpful um helpful to know what you're going for yeah it's something that we talked about when we did an episode about no not november was if you're gonna abstain from something ideally you should know why and i think in the area of sex it's too easy to just feel like i should abstain from it because it's a bad activity like that's often the attitude and like no fap type communities or yeah. like porn or, or I should I should do it just because it's hot but but even then like why is it hot right and for you this isn't it doesn't seem to me that this is something where you're like oh I have a kink for not using vibrators it's no. quite, quite the opposite you love using vibrators yeah um, but you wanted to learn it's more of a journey of self-discovery right so the first question I had asked myself is how does abstaining from vibrator usage affect my sensitivity to pleasure which is really kind of the main thing and I would say, honestly, I haven't noticed that much of a difference. Like, Fascinating. I We're talking mostly about clitoral sensitivity here, right? Because I'm not generally using internal vibrators. I'm not a big right, fan of them. Right. I, I use them sometimes, but not my main thing. 
And I kind of assumed that taking time off of vibrators would make the sensations in my clit like more nuanced and more sort of like detailed and more pleasurable. And I think that maybe that happens after like two or three days. But for me, it didn't continue to increase after that. Like it pretty much hit the level it was going to hit of like my normal sensitivity when I haven't been using vibrators lately and didn't really increase beyond that. So do you think that that sensitivity increase has to do with not using vibrators, not having orgasms for a number of days, or is it combined? Like how do those two things relate? Because before this, sometimes we would say, okay, you're not allowed to come for a few days before I get here because you want to come from oral when I get here. How is it different or the same as that? Hmm, that's a good question. So I actually had an orgasm almost every day during this challenge so far. I averaged, I think, just under one per day. So I wasn't abstaining from orgasms. And I think that what I've noticed in the past is if I take a few days or longer away from having orgasms, that it just becomes a lot easier to have the next orgasm. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be more pleasurable uh, or more satisfying. It actually, I find makes it less satisfying uh, if I haven't come in a while because it's just not difficult at all to get there. Right. And then therefore you don't have enough, a, a lot of buildup. So there's not a lot of tension to release. Right. So I didn't really notice an effect on how quickly or how easily I could reach orgasm. And that was one of my other questions here. And it was one of the things that I tracked because for every orgasm I had during this challenge, I've written down roughly the date and time that I had it like what the circumstances were, like what caused it. I wrote down like whether I'd had any drinks earlier that day because that can affect sensitivity. And then I rated the orgasm on difficulty, pleasure, and duration out of 10. And I would say that the difficulty numbers, they were pretty much all over the map. Like they, they were as low as like four out of 10 at one point. And got up to like 7 or 8 out of 10. Mm. Usually that would be if I had had some drinks. Sure. Uh, and that's like pretty normal for me. Like I think that that didn't really deviate as much as I was expecting it to from normal difficulty reaching orgasm uh, with vibrators. I will say it usually takes a bit longer to reach orgasm without a vibrator. But I don't experience it as like having to work really hard and like try really hard to do it. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, the next question was, how does abstaining from vibrator usage affect my capacity to orgasm from non-mechanical means such as oral sex or clitoral fingering? We did notice that I was able to come from oral. Yeah, <laughs> that did happen once. Um, but interestingly, I just feel like all the orgasms I've been having without vibrators, this is really the main thing I've noticed. They're just not as pleasurable. They're just not as intense. They don't last as long. And I kind of had assumed that when I'd had that issue before, that it was just because my sensitivity was lowered from using the vibrator. But now that I've tried it in this circumstance, I'm kind of like, no, I think actually just vibrators give me more intense orgasms. And like, it's okay to want that. (laughs) Yeah, that's like probably the most surprising thing so far. Like to me, um, I, I felt like it was pretty much a lock that the orgasms, you know, once once you average things out and once you balance out the other factors that you're talking about, that the orgasms would be basically the same quality. But it's um, it's wild how, how, how much they've been uh, 
just less intense overall. Yeah, I have sort of two theories on why I think that is. I think one thing is with vibration, especially if you get really good quality rumbly vibration, you're just rumbling more of the clitoral network, like not only the part on the surface, but also the part that's sort of buried more inside the body. Mm. And I think that probably you're somewhat stimulating those areas if you're rubbing yourself really fast or whatever, but like it's just not going to be as much as if you were using a vibrator. And so the orgasms often end up feeling for me like kind of surface level and weak as a result. And then the other thing is, and I, I don't know this for sure because I haven't like filmed myself having an orgasm during this time period, but I think that when I reach orgasm, I'm so kind of caught up in the throes of orgasm that I'm not paying as much attention to what I'm doing with my hand. And so I might not be like continuing the stimulation as like strongly and consistently as a vibrator would be able to do it. And yeah. And that, that we can, I mean, I haven't clearly fingered you yet, like to, with the goal of making you come, but we could experiment with that. And like, how did, how does that work when you like come in my mouth? Because I, I will stay on, like, I don't have that problem because I'm not coming at the same time. Usually. <laughs> usually. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that this for sure has been the most striking finding for me is just that the orgasms are weaker. And it's it's something that I was talking to people about with this Magic Wand project is there's the way that we talk about vibrator habituation in our culture where it's like, where, well, you should ideally be able to get off the old fashioned way because the implication is it's like somehow inherently better, like more pure or more connective, intimate, natural moral whatever like, yeah words and, yeah and a lot of people have been making comparisons to various other modern technologies where it's like you know if you have bad vision you're hopefully not having to just walk around squinting at things like you have access hopefully to glasses that you can wear to help with that yeah tools or, tools are, are part of what makes us human although not unique there are animals that make and use tools as well but one of the things that we've done the most as a species is make and use and, and develop tools. And I think it's great that, um, that vibrators exist and are at such a high level that they're at today. Right. Yeah. And I think that the point is that there's just nothing inherently wrong with using technology to get to the result that you're looking for. And I think there's a lot of interesting sociocultural reasons why, people don't like to view vibrators that way in a lot of cases i think really a lot of it has to do with the idea of like replacing men like it seems like a lot of the anxiety culturally about vibrators is like well if if you can use a vibrator on your clit then like you don't need a man to get you off and it's like oh honey like we actually haven't needed men to get us off it's just like you know as with all sex uh, it can be nice and a very different experience to have a human partner there, but like I would be more sympathetic <laughs> to that argument slightly if men were uh, trying harder to actually <laughs> get their partners off. It's like wild to make that argument and then also try as little as as many men often do to actually um, make their partners come. It's just like you you can't have it both ways. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, I think that that attitude also betrays just like a general confusion about vulvovaginal anatomy and how it works and the fact that most people with vulvas get off 
primarily or exclusively from clit stimulation. I know all of you Dildorks listeners have heard this spiel before, but it is interesting that vibrators are so often viewed as like this sort of evil feminist figure <laughs> like right and um and they, i think that i think you could definitely make an argument that vibrators are feminist or at least have been an important part of the feminist movement but i don't think that there's anything like wrong with them and i don't think that it's bad that they if they are like shaking up the heterosexual institution like i don't think that that's inherently a bad thing shaking up a lot of things and that is one of them <laughs> yes exactly um the next question on my list was how will the answers to the above two questions affect or influence my ideal relationship to vibrators moving forward? So I was thinking like if hypothetically the results of this detox were amazing and astonishing and resulted right. in much greater pleasure. You just go into a different career. You just throw out <laughs> the 300 sex toys you have and your hands all the time. Well, it's like it kind of reminds me of those guys from like your kind of tech world who – give up certain aspects of technology in this sort of like monk-like way yeah, where they're the, like, I'm the, going to go back to a flip phone. Technolo technological aesthetics. Like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of that. And there's even some of that going on now in younger generations who are, you know, going back to flip phones or, um, you know, I only read on paper books. I don't read eBooks, that kind of, that kind of attitude. Right. Yeah. And I do know sex educators who advocate for the usage of vibrators but don't themselves really like or use vibrators all that much like i definitely believe that can happen those people do exist i totally. wanted to leave space for there to potentially be like a restructuring of my relationship to vibrators if i decided that i wanted that but at least at this point in the experiment and it's almost over i'm kind of like i don't really know why i would give them up like i i think that my relationship will, with them will likely remain the same in that sometimes I'll take a break for two or three days if I want to maybe be able to come from oral or something like that. But for the most part, I don't really see a reason to give them up or to reduce my usage. I certainly don't have partners in my life who are like pressuring me to do that. Uh, Except I, in sexy ways based on your own <laughs> desires. That's the right, only reason. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've talked a lot on this show about like especially men like having discomfort around vibrators and it's just not something I will or can tolerate in my relationships like it's just yeah no. it's not the kind of person I would be with so I don't really have a reason inherently or exherently that's not the right words intrinsically or extrinsically what what about what about some middle ground between you know this no vibrators and going back to exactly where you were like do you think like You'll do like, oh, manual Mondays where you only uh, jerk off with your hand on Mondays or like some some more regular cadence of this break. Or is this sort of the, the time that you want to do it for like the next five years? I think that the main reason that I would or should consider taking time off from vibrator sometimes, aside from being able to come from oral, like I said, is it really does force me to slow down and be more mindful of the pleasure I'm feeling, whereas vibrators, because they can be so fast and so efficient, sometimes it's just really quick and it's it feels like the masturbation is like not even really about pleasure as much as it is like about relieving tension and like moving on with my day. And that's fine. Like there's definitely a place for that type of session. And I'm really always glad to have vibrators around when that's what I want. But I think without 
the ability to use a vibrator or just having decided not to use them, that gives me the opportunity to maybe I get out a CBD oil for some like self clitoral massage, or maybe I just like really take my time exploring all the different areas down there or really take my time getting turned on, reading erotica, watching porn. And I think that that's a good thing for me. Like I sometimes sort of push pleasure to the wayside when I'm feeling too busy and stressed out. I think yeah. many of us do that. And so in that way, it's good. But so many times I just end up getting sort of distracted and my mind wanders too far outside the realm of sexy stuff. If I'm not using a vibe, like I just can't something stay grounding as about uh, there's something grounding about the physical object in your hand and the like sound and the yeah I only use this for this thing. You know, use your hands for a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you have a vibrator in your hand, you're probably using it to jerk off, unless you're uh, using your magic wand for back massage, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. Or to pleasure a partner. I, I, I think I, I relate to all of that. And I also relate to what you said about how sometimes you can just like apply a vibrator to your genitals and like not really focus on taking your time and, and, and pleasure and stuff. So there's there's pluses and minuses to it. And I think like, yeah, I, I think you're right that like some some balance between always and never is good. Uh, and you probably were already at a pretty good balance for you. So maybe mm-hmm. it'll just be slightly different, but not in a measurable way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for me in my career writing about sex toys, really the the important thing is that I have a good sense of what my usual baseline is and what that feels like. Right. And this is a good experiment for me to figure out what is my baseline without vibrators, which is useful in, in what I'm writing about um which actually leads nicely into the next research question on my list queen of segues (laughs) which was how will this affect the way i choose to talk about vibrator habituation in my sex education work moving forward speaking of baselines what's your baseline on that how do you talk about it now i think that what i said earlier is basically the spiel i usually give to people which is like yes you can become habituated and used to certain methods of stimulation yes it might be difficult to come in other ways when that happens but you can always kind of retrain yourself i think the only thing that really would change for me now as a result of having done this experiment is to add like if you want to take time off vibrators see if you like it better that's fine and it's totally fine if you realize you do like vibrators better like do not let anyone tell you that that's not okay Uh, yeah because again they're just tools they are built to do a job they do that job pretty well for many of us and that is absolutely fine co-signed that makes sense My next question, we've been talking about this one already, are orgasms without vibration consistently of a different quality than those achieved via vibration? They're worse. Yeah. For you. Yeah. Yeah, like... Weaker, I don't know. Worse, I don't know. Yeah, I don't don't know that I would say that they're worse, exactly. They're definitely, like, not as noticeable as, like, oh, that's the moment of orgasm. Like, we were noticing when I came from oral that it was, like... A lower peak that lasted longer rather than like one really intense peak that was like a short discernible moment right so there is a little bit of that feeling of like wait was that an orgasm i don't really know uh which you know it's not my favorite um something i have to put up with a lot as a sex toy reviewer (laughs) right a lot of accidentally ruined orgasms yeah um 
And like, funnily enough, like I wasn't even that mad about having weaker orgasms, but I was feeling kind of self-conscious when you were here because I know that you really like to make me come very hard and that's just, you know, something you enjoy. And so I felt like I was like in a way like denying you something. By yeah, like no, I didn't feel that it. way at all. But I, I get why you would why you would think that, because like I do like big reactions and I do like making you come really hard. But I also like trying stuff like this out. And like I also like um, you coming in my mouth. So there's <laughs> it's, it's it's all good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like our relationship was a very safe space to do this experiment. Thank you. <laughs> um. My next question was, do orgasms achieved without vibration consistently take longer to achieve than those achieved with vibration? And if so, does this change over time as I abstain from vibration for longer? Um, it actually wasn't as much of a difference in time as I thought it would be. I would say it maybe adds, I don't know, five to ten minutes. It kind of comes out in the wash, I think, because like <laughs> grabbing the vibe, picking a vibe, you know, all that stuff, that all that all takes time. And if you just like remove that choice... Um, it, it, it kind of just feels like the same amount of time to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing that's been interesting about this challenge is like really returning to manual stimulation and being grateful in a weird way that I like developed that skill <laughs> at a relatively young age because it actually is tricky. Like I started masturbating with a bath faucet. And from there, I was using like the arm of a teddy bear or the face of a teddy bear. And it actually took me a lot of practice and time to get to a point where I could get myself off just using my hand. Because especially if you have like a sort of a higher orgasm threshold, like that's a lot of intricate movement. Like and it can be tough to keep up the rhythm in the right spot for the right amount of time. And a lot of people just like don't have that skill. And... Yeah, I was, I was really glad to have that because there have been times where like I was away from my sex toy collection or like the power was out or whatever and I had to like go back to doing it old school and I've always been really grateful to have that ability. Yeah, yeah. Um, what does that make me think of? It, it, it's sort of a diagonal question, but it made me think of it. So one of the other things that comes up that we've been talking about recently is people who masturbate by squeezing their legs together or their thighs together. Centurbation. Mm, Centurbation, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that because of your chronic pain in your hands, mm. that that's an, another part of this? Like maybe where you'd be able to squeeze around a vibe, like a wand vibe, but you can't as easily squeeze around your hands because you might cause yourself pain. Mm. Um, you mean like putting my hand between my legs and squeezing around it? Like, yeah, while you're, while you're touching yourself, like that, that side to side pressure from your thighs might be part of what's lacking. Huh. Um, no, I don't, I don't think I'm really squeezing my legs together when I'm jerking off. That's not really part of the, the process for me. With or without vibes? No, I don't think so. I've never like been one of those people who like needs to put a lot of pressure on a vibe. When mm -hmm. I'm getting off with it or anything. Um, but yeah, and you use the oscillator a lot, which is not really one that you're going to squeeze on. Yeah, you can't put a lot of pressure on that toy. Yeah. It just slows down and stops working. Um, but yeah, that relates to one of the other questions I had, which was Does masturbating without a vibrator cause me any significant challenges related to weakness and pain of the hands or arms from fibro? Right. And it is possible that that's part of why 
the orgasms have not been as strong. Like it's possible I was more capable of like rubbing myself harder and faster when I was younger and didn't have as many symptoms. But I don't like I'm not in pain while I'm doing it or anything. I'm not like noticing any that's like, good discomfort. So my next question was, do I need to rely more on fantasies or porn slash erotica to get off when I'm not using vibration? Um, and that's been my experience with a lot of things is like if the physical stimulation is reduced, then the mental stimulation has to make up for it. Yeah. Um, I didn't especially notice that. I think that the mental stuff like still played a role for me but I don't think it was any more so than usual like when you were going down to me and I came from you going down to me I was fantasizing about uh let me see if I can remember it was like a professional environment situation like um like a sex work brothel thing but just like only focused on clitoral pleasure mm. and that you would be like an expert at that specifically and maybe I like you know, went on my lunch break from work to go to this place just to chillax in the middle of the day. A classic. <laughs> it is. It's a good one. Um, but yeah, I don't think that there's been... I think that fantasy and the mental element is, like, important to me either way. I didn't really notice an increase. This week's episode of The Dildorks is sponsored by Floor, a dating app that's the ideal place to explore your desires. Floor, that's F-L-U-R-E, brings together people who are not shy about openly sharing and fulfilling their sexual fantasies. On Floor, you can discuss your various kinks, explore burgeoning aspects of your sexuality, and just be yourself without hesitation. I don't know about you, but I've definitely had the experience of feeling turned off and unsafe when certain dating apps haven't had good safety features in place. But Fleur strives to be empowering, inclusive, sex positive, comfortable, and safe, especially for women. Men need to be invited by an existing female or non-binary user to join Fleur, with the aim of making it a safer and more respectful place for all users. You can check out Fleur on the App Store or Google Play right now. Just type in F-L-U-R-E and give it a try. Thanks for the support. Now back to the show. The next question, actually, I haven't been able to answer this one yet because it's, does vibration feel weird slash bad when I finally return to it? Uh, and Yeah, that you'll have to subscribe to the bonus for that one. That, that'll be in the bonus. <laughs> Yeah, because one of the reasons that I was wondering if it'll feel weird when I go back to it is I was wondering if that will change the way that I advise people who have never used vibrators before. Because I do seem to recall from many years ago that if you put vibrators, a vibrator on your bits and you're not used to that, it can feel pretty intense and pretty weird. And I think that there can be a learning curve for a lot of people, like not only in terms of like physical technique like where do you position it how much do you move it around how do you angle it but also just I think that your nerve endings just kind of get used to certain things it's like things can be an acquired taste like I didn't like scotch right away either you know but or the magic wand right <laughs> yep definitely didn't like the magic wand right away 
Next question. Next question. This one is interesting. Does abstaining from vibrators cause me to crave them or to experience any type of withdrawal symptoms as with a true addiction? Yeah, because I don't really believe in the concept of vibrator addiction, as we've talked about. I also don't really believe in the concept of porn addiction in the sense of being a true addiction. Um, It's, you know, obviously you can become emotionally and mentally dependent on things and find it hard to not do them, especially if they're sort of like meeting a psychological need for you in some way. But I don't really believe in (laughs) true vibrator addiction. So I was curious if I would have cravings. And, you know, this was actually one of the weirder things to me is I didn't. I really didn't. Yeah, you didn't like unplug your vibe and put it in a drawer it's still very accessible yeah and and i did think about doing that when i started i was like oh should i like roll up my arrest later and like put it away because i might be too tempted or whatever and i think that if i had been doing this challenge just self run then that might have been an issue i might not have had as much uh willpower but like i knew that it was something i was doing for you and it's it just like didn't really cross my mind to want to like lie to you about that yeah no that's it's not worth a years long ds dynamic for one vibrator orgasm yeah yeah and like i would say that the closest i got to a craving was if i was jerking off and it was taking longer than i wanted and i was getting a little bit bored or maybe it was late at night and i was just trying to get off so i could go to sleep and i would look over and i'd see the magic wand or whatever and i'd be like oh like it would be really quick if i could pick that up but I'm not going to. And Mm. it never took long enough that I was like truly annoyed or aggravated. Were there any times that you just couldn't get off that you wanted to? I don't think so. That's surprising to me too. Yeah, I I think that any time I felt like that was at risk of happening, I would just pull out some porn or be reading a Quora thread like I was talking about in the last bonus episode. Uh, Just, yeah, dial up that mental material and always got me there wasn't always satisfying but always did the trick i guess i should also mention here that like when we were first setting up the rules for the challenge you said that if someone else like if another person who i do stuff with was encouraging me to use a vibrator that uh i forget what we agreed on like if i had to ask your permission or if it was just sort of like case-by-case basis um but i was like i don't really think that's gonna happen i'm not really like doing stuff with other people right now yeah, I think I think you um I think we talked about it but ended up like basically realizing it wasn't going to come up in these 14 days, so not yeah. really hyper negotiating that part. Yep. Um next question was does sex without vibrators consistently feel more natural and thus better? Um I think the thing I hear from people often about this is uh, usually from straight couples, they want a toy that is unobtrusive. They want a toy that adds stimulation to the situation but doesn't feel like there's an object between them, which I sort of get, but also sort of, again, it's like, why are you so scared of a technological tool? Like, it's just, there's nothing bad about that. It doesn't have to be distancing. It's like, you know, if I'm using a fork and knife while I'm eating dinner with a friend, I'm not thinking about how the fork and knife are getting in the way of this natural experience of eating this food with my friend. <laughs> like, it's right. just not right, on my exactly. mind. Yeah, um, yeah I, d- I don't think that I felt 
closer to you or like there was a greater degree of intimacy because of the lack of a vibrator. I think if anything, maybe it was a little bit less because I was not coming as hard. So I was not getting as much of those like neurotransmitters that would make me all like cuddly and extra, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I I relate to that. I also just, I also do feel, it does feel more intimate to me when you come on my tongue. Like, like mm-hmm. against my body versus against something else. Mm-hmm. So it's another situation where like pluses and minuses, I think. Mm-hmm. But I get the same feeling if I'm uh, fingering you penetratively while you're holding a vibe on your clit. As long as like mm-hmm. some part of your body is like in contact with mm-hmm. a sensitive part of my body when you come, like I get that feeling from that. Mm-hmm. I will say, too, like when people complain about toys feeling obtrusive in that context, I sometimes wonder if it's just that they're not using the right kind of toy for what they're trying to do. Or like sometimes it's because they're using like a shitty cheap vibe that's super buzzy and makes a really unappealing loud noise, Mm, mm -hmm. which does kind of get in your head sometimes and does sort of make it harder to relax, I think. Whereas a lot of the vibes I use either are like quieter or just like they're lower pitch so it's not as much of like a shrill sound. Sound is a big thing, like an an aesthetic that feels good to you is is a more important thing that people realize. I think, mm-hmm. like if if it just doesn't look pretty or feel good in your hand, then it's going to feel more obtrusive than if it's like your favorite color and it's shaped well for your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a cord that you have to plug in and manage versus something that's rechargeable, like all of these things can lead to can, selection. The right selection in terms of a vibrator can make a big difference in terms of how obtrusive it is. Yeah, absolutely. The next question on my list was, does alcohol make it difficult or even impossible to orgasm without a vibrator? And um, my reason for putting this on here was sometimes if I've had a lot of drinks, like if you don't know um, alcohol, I think it has something to do with blood flow, but it does affect ability to orgasm. This is why we have the phrase whiskey dick, uh, it can affect, yeah, like erectile uh, possibilities and sensitivity and orgasm threshold. And I've sometimes noticed if I've had a lot of drinks, like three or four is for me what I would consider a lot or more than that. So it's as many as five. Uh, sometimes even like a really high powered vibe may not quite be enough to get me there or it'll be like really hard work to get me there. And one thing I did notice with the taking a break from a vibrator is even on the days when you've been here and we've gone out and I've had three or four drinks, it actually hasn't been very difficult for me to come. Yeah. That is interesting. Which I do think is probably related to the not using vibrators. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. But again, it's like not really enough of an effect that I would want to really change anything in order to do that. Like, it's not like I'm going to be like, well, I know I'm going to be drinking with you a lot next week, so I'm going to take time off vibrator, so I'll still be able to come while... No, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but it was neat to see that orgasm was still very possible in that situation. Like, we had sex, like, really late one night after we got home, and I think we had had, like, four or five drinks, because they kept giving us extra stuff at the place that yeah. we went to. And totally fine. Both came. Great time. All good. 100. <laughs> 100 emoji. Yep. Um, <clears throat> oh, this is interesting. The next question is, will I focus harder on my internal erogenous zones 
and or experience more pleasure slash orgasm centered in those zones mm. when the stimulation on my clit is less intense. Talking about like A spot, G spot, etc. Right, because like many people with my anatomy, I do require clitoral stimulation to come and I do sometimes feel a little bit bad about that. <laughs> like even though I know that that's normal and natural and there's nothing wrong with that. There's still kind of always a part of me in the back of my mind that's like, can I come penetratively and I just haven't figured out how to do it yet? And like, should I be doing that? Would my sex life be better if I could do that? And it's cool to have a new skill. It's, it's nice to have variety, but you don't like it. It's not, I don't think it's worth chasing or worrying about. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I just I think that the more I learn about the internal clitoris, the more I become convinced that like probably if I figured out how to do it, I probably could come from internal stimulation, but it would just require so much extra work. Like I would have to be so turned on, the stimulation internally would have to be so intense. Yep. It just feels like why bother um <laughs> like it, like one like one time or whatever it will happen and then maybe that'll unlock something mm -hmm. where you're like oh i know what the right ingredients but right. i don't think it's worth like doing a thing like this where it's like okay now it's this month you have to try to figure out how to come in like from penetration that like that's that that's just silly right yeah and also just like politically yeah, I, I feel it's too. i feel it's toxic to think that penetrative orgasms are in some way better um, and I don't really want to be, you know, advocating for that. But I do I do wonder about it because, as you said, like expanding your pleasure possibilities, like finding new ways to come. That is interesting and fun. Um, so I had sort of assumed that maybe if the clitoral stimulation was less because I wasn't using a vibrator, that I would have to focus more on the internal stimulation to get off. And that maybe that would lead to an orgasm that felt more blended or more internally. Yeah, I think that's centered. a good theory. Yeah, but I think what I ended up finding was the clitoral stimulation was less intense and less pleasurable without the vibrator, but the internal stimulation did not feel more intense and more pleasurable in response to that. Interesting, okay. Like, it still felt pleasurable and intense the way that it generally does, uh, but I don't think it was, like, changing the quality of the orgasm. Uh, I noticed that because the clitoral aspect of the orgasm was just not as satisfying and not as intense that I was often getting most of my pleasure and satisfaction from the way that you would like keep fucking me with a dildo right after I came. Totally. But I don't think that it was an internal orgasm per se. This was a question that actually also a listener in the Discord asked, oh, okay. uh, and it was one of my Hello, research listener. questions, which was, uh, how does absence from vibrators affect my sex drive? Um, which I'm defining here as, like, how often do I get horny, or how often do I want sex, or do I want to get off? And this one's a bit hard to say, because, like, you did come to visit me midway through the challenge, and, like, I am just, like, naturally hornier when you're here. Just and as, there's, you know, menstrual cycle stuff that you right. have to factor out. It's, it's a, kind of a hard one to answer with this amount of data. Yeah, I will say, I do think it affected my libido positively in that the orgasms were less satisfying. So I would crave another one sooner afterward. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, I feel like if I come really hard 
with like a clitoral vibe and like a big dildo inside me. You're good for a while. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, can't really like put like a measurement on it in terms of time, but at least like 12 hours right, uh, probably. Right. Yeah. Until Usually I, maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas a lot of these orgasms without a vibe kind of almost didn't feel like orgasms. So my body was kind of like, is that it? Um, but I just still didn't really feel like I could go for multiples. I'm still That's what I was going to ask next. Yeah. yeah. Not really a multi-orgasmic person, but I do think it just made me more inclined to want to jerk off daily, which is not normally how often I would be doing that. Next question was, are there new masturbation techniques I haven't tried before that could make it easier to reach orgasm without vibrators? I didn't really experiment much with this. I sort of stuck to you the... You kind of didn't need it. Like, it, if you right. were having trouble, maybe you would have gone that direction, but you kind of didn't have trouble, so it was not needed. Yeah, yeah. The manual technique that I have been using to get off, if I'm using my hand for, like, at least 20 years, is uh, rubbing in circles on my clit hood to get that sort of, like, indirect clitoral shaft simulation. I just haven't found other things feel as good or work as well for me. And, uh, yeah, as you said, don't really especially need to branch out when it's working. Yeah, tell me, tell me, are there any highlights from the rest of the journal since you've been, like, keeping track of the orgasms themselves, the scenes, the things that, that you did? Is there anything outside of that initial entry that you want to highlight? Most of it is stuff that we've already talked about. Uh, one thing that I wrote here was... As I said earlier, uh, a lot more of my pleasure and satisfaction came from the penetration during and after orgasm because the clit simulation just didn't feel like much at that point. What if the secret to potentially coming from penetration alone one day was just worse clit stim, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't let, don't, don't, no. uh, don't post that on Reddit anyway. No, don't let no, that no, out. No. That doesn't leave this room. No, no, no. Yeah, no. So on February 7th, which was before you got here, uh, I was wanting to try out a different clitoral technique, as I mentioned. So I tried the Uberime. They have like a clit stroker grinder thing. Wait, is it a stroker or a grinder or both? Well, like it's got a hole to put your clit in, but you're kind of grinding against it. So it's sort of both. Okay. Okay. Not a, not a flat grind pad, but a, a stroker s- shape. Yeah. Okay. Like, a transmasculine person with bottom growth would have an easier time with it than I did, but yeah, I can still use it uh, when I'm like engorged enough. Um, and I was like, if any time would be the time to use this product, it would be now when hypothetically my uh, sensitivity would be higher than normal because I haven't really had much success with these types of products in the past. Um, and I was using that for like over an hour, like just sort of, idly while I was reading Quora threads and stuff. And I noted that proper clitoral engorgement seems to result in higher quality orgasms, which makes sense. Like the, you know, the more sensitive and yeah. more turned on you are, the yeah. the harder you'll come. So I found that like that was a really good orgasm because I had spent like an hour on it. Um, but then I also wrote the quickness of orgasms with vibrators is certainly one thing to recommend them, especially on nights like tonight when I went to use, when I want to use an orgasm to relieve pain, in this case menstrual cramps or to help with sleep, because I didn't come until one fifty five a.m. Which yeah, is like that's really pretty late. <laughs> the one thing that you didn't want to use, we we were going back and forth on this as well, is um is air pulse toys. 
Yeah, because you had said maybe I could still use them, but I actually feel like because the stimulation of those is like consistent, rhythmic, mechanical, like I didn't feel like it was meaningfully different enough from vibration to like be able to justify it with my goals being what they were. Mm -hmm. Oh, I had noted on February 8th, I was wondering if my mood had been affected by the presumably lower levels of certain neurotransmitters being released at orgasm because I had been feeling listless and depressed. Um, but I was on my period. So it's like, it's hard to tell what's what. Yeah. Nothing that rose to the level of me thinking that it was related or like that we should stop levels of, of that. Yeah. I just, I definitely did notice that the emotional after effects were of orgasms were not as, pronounced as they totally yes be. yes like i would get tired and stuff as you noted but like i wouldn't feel euphoric or like super cuddly or right right happy or relaxed in the same to the same degree like it was definitely to a degree but you know wasn't the same which was notable and it was making me think about daniel bezalel who's this sex educator who hosts the podcast sex ed with db and I had interviewed her a while back about this experiment she did with the magic wand where she it's her like go-to vibrator that she uses all the time. And she did like a period of abstinence from it and then a period where she used it like every time she got off and she noted the effects on her mental and physical health, things like physical tension, physical pain in the body, uh, as well as mood, energy, um, libido. And she noticed that it was really similar to exercise in some ways and that kind of like the more you do it, the more you want to do it and the easier it gets to do it. And, Virtuous cycle. Right. And she was also finding that her mood was just greatly improved when she was regularly getting off with the vibe. And that makes me think that vibrator orgasms maybe do release more of these neurotransmitters at least for certain people um i would have to really dig into the research on that i have but... to get you in an fmri or something <laughs> while yeah. while doing this yeah yeah i'm sure that there's some research out there on it but again like not nearly as much as there would be in a world where <laughs> the patriarchy didn't exist and didn't believe that vibrators were a threat to the heterosexual institution um, that's probably it. Is there anything else that... One more question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what are what, your first orgasm back on vibrators? Um, <laughs> what are you looking forward to most? How, how do you want that scene to go? Uh, what is, what does that look like for you? Uh, so the equivalent of what the No Nut November people call the big nut. Yes. On December 1st. Yeah. Um... Hmm. I think I'll probably have to work up to a higher level of arousal before pulling out the vibrator, just because otherwise it might be too strong and overstimulating. And I think I'll probably want to use the oscillator because that is my favorite one, probably the one that I've been missing the most. Um, and probably we'll just want to focus on clit stim for the first one, just kind of focusing on the vibration since that's what I've been denied mm, makes sense yeah i don't know it's interesting like i thought i would have stronger emotions about taking time away from vibrators i thought i would be really frustrated or annoyed or frantic or something but 
It's actually, I just realized, like, I like them a lot. They improve my life a lot, but I'm not, like, addicted, quote-unquote, to them. Like, No, not even close. My life doesn't fall apart without them. It's just not as good without them. So thank you for assigning me this task that I wanted to do. You're very welcome. (laughs) And giving me that structure and talking through the results with me. I'm excited to... uh, use a vibrator with you again. <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> i've been kate sloan you can find me online at katesloan.com i have two books out one of them is 101 kinky things even you can do and there is a section in there about vibrators another one is 200 words to help you talk about sexuality and gender i'm on twitter instagram and threads at girly underscore juice i have a weekly paid newsletter at katesloan.email and where is your stuff? Oh, uh, I am all over the place, but the easiest way to find me is on Twitter at MB, Instagram at Matt B, M-A-T-T-B. And uh, if you want to read stuff that I've written about technology and culture, you can go to MatthewBischoff.com. Uh, or if you want to listen to a different podcast that I host with my uh, friend Sid, you can go to AbsolutelyCrushed.com. Great podcast. Highly recommend. I'm on an episode of it. It's true. Start with that one. (laughs) I want to say thank you to our top tier Patreon supporters, Stabitha Christie, Amy, Amelia, Nat, and of course, MB, who's sitting here with me. Thank you. Thank you also to Protodome, who did our theme song. Thank you to Amy, who did our logo. Thank you to my usual co-host, Billy, who I think will be back next week. You can check him out at billylore.com. Thank you to our sponsor for this episode, Fleur. Remember, you can type F-L-U-R-E into your app store of choice and find that. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Oh, yeah, okay. So, on... Who, somebody's at the door. Should I get that? Oh. I'll be back. It might be a dildo delivery. Dildo delivery! <laughs> I have your dildo here. I think it literally is a dildo delivery. The dildo arrived! <laughs> Thank you.